The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. Training camp has kicked off for the Bills, and all eyes were on Stefan Diggs. And if there's any sort of rift between him and the team, WBEN's Brayton Wilson tells us, that was all pushed aside yesterday. Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs says his frustrations from last season, as well as what happened at mandatory minicamp in June, is now all water under the bridge as he readies himself for the 2023 season in Buffalo. The mindset of it is we always want to win. I kind of flip it. like So when you see my frustration, it kind of makes sense. Like We've been kind of pushing that a rock for some years now and kind of like not getting that rock over the hill will frustrate you. Diggs spoke with the local media on Wednesday for the first time since Buffalo's playoff loss to the Bengals on day one of training camp at St. John Fisher University. He says he still wants to retire with the Bills one day and that he is on the same page with both Josh Allen and Sean McDermott heading into the season. As for Allen, he's looking forward to the upcoming campaign and having digs in the fold as they hope to win a Super Bowl for the fans of Western New York. I wouldn't say we've talked things through, but we've talked. It's not about that anymore. It's about moving towards the season and setting our goals of what we want to do. We want to bring a, a Lombardi trophy here come February. So just making sure, again, that everybody in the team is on the same page, striving to have that singular goal, and that's all it is. More from Wednesday's opening day of training camp in the Rochester area is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, so training camp underway. Stefan Diggs talking uh, at length to the media over 20 minutes, I believe, uh, taking questions for the first time in a long time. You remember he didn't really take any questions after the game against Cincinnati last year. So It's been all that time. It's uh, been a while. Well, we'll hear from him coming up a little bit later on this morning and uh, much more. Um, where the Bills are going from here as they're uh, getting ready for the upcoming season. Well, there's more vandalism at Buffalo Parks. Wednesday morning, staff at Riverside Park found damage to the pool there. Someone tossed a picnic table into the pool, threw a bunch of garbage into the water as well. Pieces of the picnic table scattered on the floor of the pool. It's the third city park to be hit by vandals in the last couple of weeks. Kaz Park struck over the weekend, a 13-year-old facing charges there. The MLK Park Casino vandalized a couple of weeks ago. The city just releasing some video of the vandals responsible for some of that damage. Anyone with information on these incidents asked to call the Buffalo Police Confidential Tip Call Line 847. The Federal Reserve Board wrapping up its two-day policy meeting. And in a unanimous decision, they agreed to raise interest rates, this time by a quarter percent. The cost of borrowing for Americans going up again after the Federal Reserve raised interest rates a quarter percent. It's the 11th hike since March of 2022, aimed at cooling inflation. Fed Chair Jerome Powell signaled it's likely not the last, as the board tries to lower consumer prices. In September, we're going to look at... at Two additional job reports, two additional CPI reports, lots of activity data, uh, and that's what we're going to look at, and we're going to make that decision then. A decision on whether more interest rate hikes are needed. Michelle Franzen, ABC News. The Fed's latest rate hike came as no surprise to Michael Angelucci of Level Financial Advisors. Most people were expecting the Fed to to make this change, raise this uh, interest rate a quarter percent, so short-term rates are going up. Angelucci believes fears of recession are fading. The economy's still been strong uh, based on a lot of metrics. So uh, the, the feeling is that um, they are not going to um, hit, you know, we're not going to hit a recession. So um, it, it sure does look that way um, by most indicators that we may see that soft landing. Could we see another rate hike before the end of the year? Hear Angelucci's thoughts on that online. 
Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you. We'll be talking more about this. Mark Hamrick set to join us later on this morning on the Fed's latest rate hike. A collapsing crane at a New York City construction site sending workers, residents scrambling for cover yesterday. The crane caught fire 45 stories up, leading its boom to snap off, crash into another building before falling to the street. Josh Eininger was at the scene. Workers had been pouring concrete for a new high-rise apartment building, the crane lifting 16 tons of cement to the top deck. City officials spent the day amazed the crisis didn't become a tragedy. Firefighters were only starting to arrive on scene when that crane's boom gave way. They rigged hoses from a neighboring roof to hit the flames with water. Meanwhile, on the street, first responders rushed to triage the wounded, finding just 11 people with minor injuries. Unbelievable, given that video. I, that video was like I something know. out of a Michael Bay movie. It's yeah. chilling. It was See that. just incredible. This, uh, you know, boom. The way it swings over and then swings down. Tips over. I mean, scrapes. And when we say scrapes, I mean, breaks all the windows on this building that's uh, right next to and then falling down. Absolutely crazy video to see uh, right out in New York City yesterday morning. The aftermath, 11 minor injuries. Come They're on. They're so fortunate. Absolutely. There is a push by Congress to expose what the Pentagon knows about unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs, or UFOs, as they've been called for years. And now there are whistleblowers coming forward to tell the House Oversight Committee there's a cover-up. Grush claims not all the encounters have been of this earth. We believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier. Do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? Biologics came with some of these recoveries, yeah. Were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to. Grush did not cite any evidence supporting his allegations. He claims such information is classified. The Pentagon denies any cover-up. That's Andrew Dimbert reporting from the testimony of retired Major David Grush. Think about that. Yeah. It's a retired major saying that we've got aliens it, hidden in... Non-humans. That should have led the news. What, <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, that Unbelievable testimony yesterday. Uh, U.S. women's soccer team taking on the Netherlands in the World Cup last night. They had a rally to grab a 1-1 tie. Goal scorer Lindsey Horan speaking after the match. I'm really happy with, with the tie. Obviously, we would, we would love to have three points, but uh, getting that goal and, and the emotions that go with it, was, it was a proud moment. All right, so 1-1 tie. It was uh, you know tight. They were really outplayed in the first half there. That was a 9 o'clock kickoff last night. I know there were oh. big crowds downtown uh, to watch that, even with the late start. I don't know about the next one. Here's where it gets tricky. U.S. next plays Portugal. Uh, it's their last group stage game of the World Cup. Tuesday at 3 a.m. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, it's in Australia, New Zealand. Right. They're not changing their clocks for us, even though they should. Um, <laughs> that's a it's going to be a tough one. I think all the other games, too, are, you know, kind of tough if you're yeah. anywhere here in the U.S. to watch. But wow. I'm sure the diehards will be out watching somewhere on Tuesday early, early morning for breakfast. Mm. Uh, the writer's strike is having an impact on Jeopardy. This is the Jeopardy Tournament of Champions. The Jeopardy Tournament of Champions is going to be delayed as long as the writer's strike continues. That according to a statement from the show's producers, after several possible contestants stated online that they wouldn't be part of such a tournament while the strike was going on. The statement from the show says they were never going to produce a tournament of champions until the strike was resolved and no contestants have been contacted about participating in any tournaments. 
Jeopardy uses WGA writers on the show, and they say until the strike is over, they'll be using best-of questions to produce new episodes. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. There, there you go now. I, you forget about some of these things that aren't, you know, like a scripted show. You think that this wouldn't be fine. They still involve writers who are, you know, part of that union yeah. that's on strike. So uh, Jeopardy among them that's uh, getting that. Is Wheel of Fortune, do they need a writer for those puzzles? That's part of the union. I, I can't think that they would. They just hire like someone from the Times. I mean, they do the crossword on the Wheel of Fortune oh, board right. now. I think Pat, uh, Pat, and Vanna come up with those puzzles they come before up the with show them on their own. Yeah, yeah. No, they... that's what Vanna does. Yeah, that's. It was wondering the whole time. She doesn't just stand there. She's writing the whole puzzle, uh, the entire time. I don't, maybe. And now she's looking for a pay raise. I, right? I saw that now, and I was thinking that because I said, you know, Pat's, Sajak. I think of as kind of like the face of Wheel of Fortune. Right. But some people would say it's Vanna White as the face of Wheel of Fortune. I went back and tried to look. It's more even than I thought, maybe even a little tilted toward Vanna. I was looking at old game covers, whether it's a board game, like a handheld game, a video game. A lot of them don't feature either of them. Some of them feature both. Some, like back in the early 90s, just Vanna. Oh. Was there on the box of the Wheel of Fortune? So, I don't know. Maybe she is the face of I think Wheel of Fortune. It's Pat Sajak and Vanna White. They're and both the they're face introduced. of Wheel of Fortune. It's going to be weird when it's Ryan Seacrest and maybe Vanna White. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. Now that I think about it, Ryan Seacrest and Vanna it just doesn't have the same ring to it. Right. Been well, getting used to the other way for thirty years. Forty. Well, I haven't been around for the whole run, Joe. That's true. <laughs> Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Mostly cloudy skies with scattered showers this morning. Skies will clear out later this afternoon with temperatures in the low 80s. Mild and muggy tonight with overnight lows near 70. It's going to be a hot one on Friday with highs near 90 degrees. Some storms early on Saturday. Cooler for the weekend with temperatures in the 70s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Mankowski. Joining us uh, live this morning, Mark Hamrick from Bankrate. We're talking about the latest rate hike by the Fed yesterday. Highest uh, now rates in 22 years, Mark, uh, although none of this is really by surprise. 25 basis points uh, yesterday. Is that what most people were expecting to hear? Good to be with you, Susan and Brian. This is one Federal Reserve that unless it really needs to surprise people, and that is typically what happens during crises, and obviously we're not in the midst of that with respect to the economy. Uh, the Fed likes to do things uh, as expected. It likes to basically give us signals ahead of time. And so it was widely expected that we were going to get this uh, increase of one quarter of one percent. And now getting that benchmark rate up to close to five and a half percent. That's the highest end of the target. And as you know, that's the most we've seen the rate get up to the benchmark rate uh, in over two decades. So it's been quite the journey, but it took the highest inflation in four decades to get us here. Could this be the last interest rate hike of the year? We keep hearing that question. I know it's impossible to know for sure, but how do they go forward on that? I think it's absolutely the right question to ask, as usual, Susan. And, and I think another way to answer it is to say 
Uh, it may well be the last rate hike of this cycle, and certainly we're getting close to the end if, if we're not at the end, barring the tremendously unforeseen. Uh, and so this is why we have a stock market that really has been rallying strongly. Investors are anticipating that. And the economy has been proven, as Chairman Powell said, more resilient than we would have thought after this very uh, steep pace of rate increases. So looking at how it impacts all of us, uh, I guess if you're in the car market or the house market, uh, you're out of luck. And if you carry a balance on your credit card, it's not great either. This really affects everything from borrowing to saving to investing. And we talk about the bull market because investors think that the better times are, are sort of ahead of us, particularly with respect to the falling inflation rate. The cost of borrowing uh, is the most expensive we've seen in many years. As you say, the cost of financing a home purchase, the 30-year fixed rate mortgage, our bank rate rate weekly average there, 30-year fixed, uh, close to 7%. That makes housing affordability uh, a tall fence to climb. Uh, I would say for car loans, it's not quite as significant because we're talking about shorter terms of those loans. But here's the most important thing amid all this, I think, and that is the return on savings is the best we've seen in many years, whether it's a CD, uh, money market account, high yield savings. And so this is the time to build those emergency savings funds. Since we are talking about Western New York, Susan O'Brien, I wanted to mention one thing that many people in Western New York may not know, and that is there's an important Buffalo connection here with all these Fed meetings. Someone who I've, I've sort of developed a professional friendship with is, is a Clarence High School grad from 2004 named Eric Colleg, who's really one of the top Federal Reserve communications officials. Eric's a super smart guy, and most importantly, perhaps he's a Bills fan, but he's behind the scenes in all these meetings. Meetings. And so people from Western New York should know that there is, a, as the saying goes, a, a local person doing well uh, and really serving the country in this capacity. That's really interesting right here from Clarence. Um, you, you mentioned savings a minute ago, and we haven't talked about just general savings accounts in a while. But what kind of yeah. rates are we seeing? No, that's a great question, Susan, and, that, and this is really what we're sort of, sort of pounding the table on these days because, you know, I've been attending these news conferences since they began in 2011, and I can remember when we had those record low rates that under Chairman Bernanke, I'd say, you know, what do you say to the person out there who's relying on fixed income and really is getting nothing for their savings? And the answer through all these chairs has been, well, we need to get the economy to a better place for everybody. And so finally, it's not a, it's not a lottery ticket, but, you know, we're getting uh, high-yield savings savings accounts that are above uh, 5% uh, with an annual yield. And, and that's really across many of these savings products. So that means that you don't even necessarily need to make a commitment on time as you would with a certificate of deposit. Uh, that, uh, And if you want to keep your savings liquid, as we would certainly highly recommend for emergency savings, uh, it's not hard to find those rates. And so whether you look at our site like bankrate.com or just look in the newspaper or whatever you look at online, as well as Bankrate, uh, these uh, savings accounts are there for the taking. And even though lending is getting tighter and, and banks may not be putting as much money out there, and that's typically when they do push their savings returns higher is because they want it to lend, there's plenty of money uh, available out there with return with respect to the return on savings. So by all means, let's try to boost our emergency savings. Uh, the Fed, uh, a lot of people really, Mark, uh, no longer forecasting a recession for yeah. at least this year. I, I guess how long will we be in the danger zone, <laughs> though, where this is a possibility? 
we're always in that possibility, Brian, because that's an inevitable part of the economic cycle. But I appreciate you pointing that out because, you know, this news conference was about 50 minutes, uh, including the sort of opening statement. And it wasn't until we were about halfway through with a reporter question. Um, as I recall, I think someone was asking about the prospect for a soft landing. And Chairman Powell just sort of dribbled it out there. But <laughs> He said, you know, the Fed staff, uh, for the first time in three meetings, is not saying that its benchmark or that its uh, base case is for a recession, but rather they just look for the economy uh, to slow here in, toward the end of the year. And what was you know, fascinating was in the previous two news conferences, Powell had said that, yes, the staff has told us that, but I don't think they're right. And so I sort of was joking with some of my colleagues after I said, I wonder if Powell's now telling them I told you so. No, he, that's not how he operates. But uh, I think that's good news, obviously, because we don't want to have a recession. But as part of the longer term cycles of the economy, we will have one. And the last two we had were really doozies, right, because we had the unemployment rate uh, rise to nearly 15 percent in early 2020. Uh, we had the um, unemployment rate rise to 10 percent in October 2009. Uh, as we survey economists, they do not expect that if we have a recession, even during, let's say, the next year or so, they don't see the unemployment rate really getting up uh, nearly to double-digit numbers. It's, it, they're more sort of like 5%, 6%. But that, that's probably a, a, that's the extreme outcome in a negative sense now. And so uh, we don't really know how the economy is going to perform. That's the reality. And, and so what I would say is people should anticipate the possibility of a downturn. That could uh, result in interruption in income interruption in employment for those who are working. Uh, the good news is, though, they should not be severe based on what we know right now. Yeah. But as you said, we don't know what the economy is going to do. But on Wall Street, investors are yeah. in a really good mood. I mean, the Dow's on a 13-day winning streak. And what they do, it's really anticipatory, right? So what's your yeah. read on that? Well, first of all, we'll take it, right? We'll take it any time where the stock market is performing well, because that's the means through which most people are, are putting their uh, retirement savings to work. Uh, and what I would say is, you know, uh, having, uh, you know, Susan and I have, have been uh, had the pleasure of having these opportunities to connect with listeners for many, many years now, and uh, Brian, you too, but maybe just uh, not quite as much as Susan there uh, with respect to the experience. And my point about that is time and time again, I'm asked, particularly on the day when, let's say, the Dow's down 500 points or whatever, and people will say, is now the time we should get out of the stock market? And the answer is almost always, and I don't think I've ever had an exception, that is that we really have to be invested for the long term, if indeed we are, because there is no ability to predict the market market short-term moves. And so this is why people were wise to stick with the market through thick and thin here, because ultimately it will ride it out. It's really the superior long-term return of the market that uh, retirement savers and others are looking for. And, and the cost for that is having to stomach the short-term volatility. And here, once again, demonstrated that um, you're being rewarded for that. We don't know what the market will do tomorrow, next week, but uh, it still is the case that a stock market facing investments, whether it's an individual stock, a broad uh, diversified mutual fund like one based on the S&P 500 that uh, most people would favor. Uh, those are the ways to get at the superior return and really uh, sort of outrace the pace of inflation, which has obviously been significant. 
Well, Mark, thank you for the update and a lot going on yesterday, a lot to sort through as always. Mark Hamrick with Bankrate joining us live here on WBEN. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.